0: Hi, everyone. Thank you so much for joining us here at Rethink Life Church. As always, it's an honor to have you join with us. And whether you're watching at home or maybe you're watching there on a computer screen somewhere, wherever you might be, we just want you to know we're thrilled that you're here with us. And I have some of our team here with me today. And team, would you welcome those that are watching us right now online into our online experience. Hey, we are in week eight of an 8 week-long journey that we have been a part of called the Rethink Life Experience. And man, it's been phenomenal. We have saved the best for last. And so I'm really excited about today's message. But you know, really since the very beginning, we have been really focusing our attention around three things. And that is to shift our perspective, make better choices, and have a greater impact with our lives. Because at the end of the day, that's really what it's all about. It's about making an impact with our lives. And I don't know about you... But man, if there was ever a time where we needed to make an impact on other people's lives, it's right now. People need a touch of Jesus. You know, I'm, uh, you know, I've I've been in a, a in a place and in a season in my life where I've been asking myself some big questions about you know my future and looking at God. How can I make my life count? God, how can I how can I make the days that are in front of me my best days yet? You know, I'm married. To, my wife Michelle and I have been married for uh, nearly 30 years. We have three adult children. Been in ministry for some 30 years, and. You know, I still feel like there's so much more in me, vision that God's placed inside of me. And I don't, I don't know about you, but I just feel a sense of urgency to make a difference and an impact with my life. And I believe today this message is gonna challenge you just as it's challenged me as I've been preparing for this and really just trying to hear what it is that God wants me to do and the kind of impact that He's calling me to make on those around me, you know, living here in Orlando, one of the big perks that we have uh, is Disney World. Now, you know, obviously for those who are watching, maybe on the West Coast, you have Disneyland. We, of course, you know, we think ours is better, but anyway, we won't go there, okay? But you know, we love Disney and we love going to the parks. And for me personally, I love all the the thrill rides. My personal favorite is Hollywood Studio Studios. I love the Rock and Roller Coaster, but you know, one of of the things about all of the rides at Disney is they give you a fast pass which simply means if you get lucky enough to even get a fast pass you actually get to leverage that basically it gets you to the front of the line so you don't have to stand in those long lines or if you're a single rider they even have a single rider lane that just allows you to get to the ride faster so you can enjoy the experience even quicker. But here's the issue. The issue is, is that life is too short, okay, for us to just spend our lives going through the fast pass or through the fast lane of life or just being a single rider throughout the journey of life. No, God wants us to bring others alongside us. God wants us to experience life with others. He wants us to take other people with us on the journey of life. Why? Because we're better together. And the only way that we can make an impact is if we are intentional about bringing other people alongside with us and taking them on that spiritual journey that God has called us all to experience. In other words, you will never have joy and fulfillment and fulfill your destiny until you are intentional about making an impact on the lives of other people. And that's the reason why we begin this series with two all-important questions, and it's this. Who am I living for and what am I living for? In other words, am I living for myself or am I living for Christ? Am, am I living for the, for the temporal things of life or am I living for the eternal things in life? You see, when you think about it, if we are truly living for Jesus and we're living for the eternal things in life, well, guess what? Impact begins with you. So good. You see, if it's not you, then who? Mm. And if it's not now, then when? When? You see, if we're going to make the kind of impact, the eternal impact on people's lives around us, then it has to start with me and with you. I love the story that Jesus gave to a very intelligent man. He was a religious scholar, a scholar of the law, and he was interacting with this gentleman. Other people were there listening to this conversation. And I want to read to you a story, a very familiar story or passage of Scripture known as the Good Samaritan. You know, we've all heard about the Good Samaritan. Maybe we've even seen Good Samaritans who just have, you know, been that that example of how these people are intentional about impacting other people's lives. Well, we pick up the story in verse 25, where Jesus said one day an expert in religious law stood up to the test to test Jesus by asking him this question. He said, teachers, what, what should I do to inherit eternal life? Jesus replied, what does the law of Moses say? How do you read it? The man answered, he said, well, you must love the Lord your God with all of your heart, and all of your soul, and all your strength, and all your mind. And he said, and this is very important, and you must love your neighbor as yourself. Well, right, Jesus told him, do this and you will live. The man wanted to justify his actions, so he asked Jesus. He said, well, who is my neighbor? And I want to pause here because that's a very important question. It's a question that you need to be able to answer. It's a question that I need to be able to answer. In fact, it's a question that we all should be thinking about, especially now more than ever. If we're going to make an impact on other people's lives, the real question is, who is my neighbor? And then who is going to reach them. Because if it's not you, then who? Who is our neighbor? Jesus replied with a story. He said, A a Jewish man was traveling from Jerusalem down to Jericho, and he was attacked by bandits. They stripped him of his clothes, they beat him up, and they left him half dead beside the road. And by chance, a priest came along. And when he saw the man lying there, he crossed to the other side of the road, and he passed him by. Well, a temple temple assistant also walked over and looked at him lying there, but he also passed on to the other side. Then a despised Samaritan came along and when he saw the man, he felt compassion for him. Going over to him, the Samaritan soothed his wounds with olive oil and wine and bandaged them. Then he put the man on his own donkey and took him to an inn where he took care of him. The next day, he handed the innkeeper two silver coins, telling him, take care of this man. And if the bill runs higher than this, I'll pay you the next time I'm here. Now, which of these three would you say was a neighbor to the man who was attacked by bandits? Jesus asked the man and the man replied, well, the one who showed him mercy. And Jesus said, yes, now go and do the same. Now you talk about an impact. Here we are 2,000 plus years later after this experience occurred and we're still talking about a man who actually did something to impact another man's life that literally changed the man's life forever. And I don't know about you, but I want to make that kind of impact. But we have to ask ourselves the question and we have to ultimately define who is our neighbor. Because when you think about it, everybody is our neighbor, regardless of geography, regardless of race, culture, regardless of, you know, whatever, uh, you know, stereotypes there may be. At the end of the day, listen, if people matter to God and they do, then people ought to matter to us. Therefore, everybody is our neighbor. And again, impact starts with me, and it starts with you. And if it's not you, then the ultimate question is, is who? And if it's not now, then when? Well, I believe now more than ever, there's a sense of urgency. And if we're going to make the kind of impact, the eternal impact that God wants us to make, then I think there are three things that we can apply to our lives from this story that Jesus told to these individuals. And the first is this, is we got to decide daily to let God use us. Decide daily to let God use us. Now, here's what's interesting to me. You see, you had a priest and you had a temple assistant, better known as a Levite, who was traveling from Jerusalem back to Jericho. Now, why did they go to Jerusalem? Let me tell you why they went to Jerusalem. They were going to church. They went to the temple to worship. See, here they had just worshiped God. Here they had just experienced church. Now they're on their way home from church. They're heading back to Jericho and they're traveling down this road. And what does God do? God drops an opportunity right in front of them. Now, you would have thought these two guys, especially a priest and a temple assistant, a Levite, you would have thought these dudes would have been all over it. You know what I'm saying? I mean, they just came back from experiencing God. Man, they were, man, they were having worship. Man, they were, I mean, they were, they were going, you know, they were going all in, you know, in the temple, man, spiritually. Man, you would have thought they would have been so full of God that, man, they were just like witnessing anything and everything that moved on that road to Jericho. And yet here's a man who's lying on the road who'd been robbed, he'd been beaten, and basically left half dead. And here's what's interesting to me. Now, I can't speak for the priest, obviously, but I can only imagine what this man, this priest, must have been thinking when he saw a man lying there, literally half dead, beaten. And the priest probably thought, well, that's not my problem. I, I didn't cause that, you know, and, and it that's, wasn't my fault that this man got robbed. It wasn't my fault this man was beaten. And as a result, he began to rationalize and justify. In other words, he was, an, he was intentional in basically avoiding the situation because maybe in his mind, he thought, well, if I didn't cause the problem, then it's not my problem. Well, I just want you to know, because this goes for me, it goes for all of us. We see problems all around us. You know what? We may not be the ones who have caused the problem, but guess the what? Guess what? They're still our problem. Yeah. In other words, God has given us a responsibility to take action, to give a solution, to give an answer to the problems yeah. of this world. And we know what the answer is and the solution is, it's Jesus. And so, yeah, we may not have caused the problem, but the problem is still ours. And that's the reason why we got to ask God every single day, God, use my life to make an impact on other people. God, who is my neighbor today? God, at the workplace, on my school campus, in my neighborhood, in my sphere of influence, even if it's social media, whatever platform, whatever sphere of influence I have, God, use me so that I can make a difference in other people's lives. You know, Proverbs 3, verses 27 and 28 says it this way. Do not withhold good from those who deserve it when it's in your power to help them. If you can help your neighbor now, don't say, come back tomorrow and then I'll help you. No, 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 no. We need to take action today. That's the reason why when we get up, we ought to ask God, God, use me today. Decide daily to let God use us. But then you also have a Levite. So you had this priest who first comes along. He sees the guy. He said, well, it's not my problem. I, I, didn't, I, you know, I didn't have anything to do with that. And so he avoids the situation. He didn't want to get involved. And then you have this temple priest. You have the you have the, the the Levite comes along sees the situation. And In fact, this guy, the Bible says he actually even went and looked at the situation. I'm sure he's probably thinking, "Man, poor guy. Man, I'm sorry all this happened to you and wish I could help, but you know, here's what here's what probably happened. He felt unqualified. He wasn't Maybe equipped to handle the situation. Therefore, rather than getting his hands dirty, rather than getting uncomfortable, he decided once again to avoid the situation altogether. And how many times can we relate? Maybe when we've been put in situations and we know that there's a problem, we know there's a need, we know there's an opportunity. But often we will rationalize and justify and talk ourselves out of doing something because maybe we've convinced ourselves, you know, I'm not really qualified to do anything. Who am I to even say anything? I mean, I don't really have anything to offer. Let me tell you something. God doesn't call the qualified. He qualifies the called. And God has already called you to make an impact with your life because there are people whom God wants us to make a difference in you see you don't have to you don't have to wait for a title to fulfill a task and here's the other thing in your life i'm here to tell you if you have a pulse you need to remind yourself that you still have a purpose And so, yeah, you may not feel qualified. You may not feel equipped to do some of the tasks that God has called you to fulfill. But what we do have a responsibility to do is to simply say, God, use me. God, I'm available. Help me to make an impact on somebody else's life. I love what Sally Cock once said. She said, great opportunities to help others seldom come, but small ones surround us daily. I love that. So we have to decide daily to let God use us. And then number two, we have to get, un- listen, we have to get comfortably uncomfortable. Let me say that again. We have to get comfortably uncomfortable. You see, what's interesting is that we love to be comfortable, don't we? We live in a culture today where everything's about comfort, everything's about convenience. You know, we, we love instant gratification. And we want to hurry up and experience the good things now, right? I mean, think about it. We love, you know, we love to be comfortable in our home. We love to sit on a comfortable couch. You know, we love comfortable clothes. You know, we we like to be financially comfortable. Even when we travel, man, we like to book our hotel at the comfort inn. You know what I'm saying? So, yeah, we are all about comfort. We're all about convenience But here's the issue, the issue is, is that 2020 has taken all of us out of our comfort zone. 2020 has literally jerked our chain, has pulled the carpet out from under us, and it has forced us to pivot. It's forced us to adjust. It's forced us to do things that, honestly, we're uncomfortable with. I mean, who in the world have ever, who would have ever thought, you know, 2020 would have been, you know, having to adjust to things called social distancing and, you know, staying six feet apart and wearing a mask or maybe being quarantined, you know, and and, and, and really just being restricted from the freedom of doing what we want to do and going where we want to go. But that's been our reality this year. And it's been hard. It's been very difficult. And again, it's forced for many people to get totally out of their comfort zone. But you know, even in the midst of all of that, there's still a lot of good that have come from it. For example, there are some who in this season over the last seven months or so, Guess what? They've learned some new skill sets. You know, they've come up with some great creative ideas, maybe to start a new business. There's been maybe adjustments that have been made that they should have made a long time ago, but maybe this has just kind of forced them to, to restructure some things and reprioritize some things and ultimately pursue some things that otherwise they would have never pursued had we had not been thrown out of our comfort zone. Well, here's the thing. When we make an impact, it may not always be convenient. When God puts situations and circumstances or opportunities in front of us just like this Levite, just like this, this priest, when, when they saw a man who was basically left half dead, they could have stepped in, but whether they saw it as a distraction, whether they saw it as an inconvenience, whether they saw it was, it was a situation that was totally outside of their comfort zone. They didn't want to be distracted by the hardship, the, the messiness of the situation. They didn't want to get involved. You know why? Because they wanted, to just go about their business. They wanted to stay in their comfort zone. They wanted to avoid the mess and they just wanted to just kind of keep to themselves. And I don't know about you, but man alive, how many times have there been situations where God has put opportunities in front of me and I wrestled with that? I said, well, man, I don't know what, I I don't have time to commit to this. I don't know that I'm really the person to really get involved in this situation. And what do we do? We rationalize and we we justify. But when it comes to making an impact, here's what we need to understand if it doesn't challenge you, it won't change you. Wow, that's so good. You see, if it doesn't challenge you to step outside of what is convenient, to step outside of what is predictable, to step outside of your normal routine, to step outside of your comfort zone, then you will never be changed. And here's the reason why that is so important. Because a comfort zone is a beautiful place, but nothing ever grows there. So the only way that you're ever going to grow is for you to be Totally taken outside of what you are comfortable with, to where you are saying, "Okay, God, if this is going to happen, I'm going to need you to step in and use me in a way that only you could see fit." Because you know, in my life, I know that there have been situations and circumstances because of maybe the fear of the unknown. You know, just the unpredictable nature of it. I was a little reluctant to commit, and I'm sure the the temple priest, you know, and and and, and you know the 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 um, the guys that came along who saw the opportunity, they probably were just processing all of these reasons why. They didn't have the time or they didn't want to be disrupted or they didn't want to be taken out of their comfort zone. And yet here's the issue. The issue is, is that all along God wanted these men. In fact, if anybody were, was qualified, if anybody should have been aware of the opportunity, it should have been the priest and the Levite, but instead they were focusing on themselves. They were just wanting to get on with their life instead of, taking the time to actually do something that God wanted to use so that the, that man's life could have been impacted. And so what do we learn? What we learn is, is this. What we learn is that we can't become who we need to be by remaining who we are. So therefore, we have to be willing to step outside of what is convenient and comfortable and get comfortably uncomfortable in order to make an impact on those around us. There's a third thing that we learn in this story, and that is we have to do what we can with what we have. So here in the situation, you had the priest and you had the Levite who saw a man who was robbed, beaten, and left for dead. But then there's another man that comes along, and he's referred to as the Samaritan. Now, what's interesting is that the Samaritan saw the same situation And yet at the same time, he had a different perspective. Rather than seeing it as an inconvenience or maybe seeing it as a messy situation, which it was, but rather than seeing it from a self-centered point of view, he saw himself as an agent of change. He saw himself as somebody whom God wanted to use to make an impact in this man's life. And what was interesting is that from a cultural perspective, from a religious perspective, Guess what? He really didn't even have any motivation to get involved. You know why? Because he was a Samaritan and the man who was left half dead was a Jew. Now, it's interesting that culturally and even on a spiritual level, the Jews and the Samaritans, they clashed. And so therefore, the Samaritan could have said, well, that's a Jew. I'm going to leave that dude in the ditch where he belongs. But instead, He didn't allow stereotypes. He didn't allow differences. He didn't allow the inconveniences. He didn't allow the thought of being uncomfortable to stand in his way. But he said, no, God, if this is what you want me to do, I'm available and I'm going to use what I have so that whatever I have can be used to make an impact in this man's life. So what did he do? He went and he, he assessed the situation. He got some bandages. He, he, he got some wine. He, he got some oil. And he soothed the man's wounds. He, he actually put him on his own donkey. He, he took him to an inn. And he told the innkeeper, he said, hey, I, I put two nights you know, on the tab here. And, and if you know what? If, if it costs more than you, let me know. I'm going to take care of this man. Whatever it takes, I want to make sure this man is healed and made whole. And I think oftentimes for a lot of us, we often will justify that, you know what? I don't have much to give. Well, let me just tell you something. God wants you to take what you have and it could be your time. You know what? God could take your experiences, good, bad, ugly, everything in between. Because you know what? God never wastes a hurt. God wants to take your life experiences. Listen, he wants to take your availability he wants to take your gifts, He wants to take the passion that He's placed inside of your heart, and all God wants is for you to use what you have in order to be able to make an impact on the lives of people Amen. around you. You know Ephesians chapter five, verses 16 and 17 says it this way: "Make the most of every opportunity in these evil days. Make the most of every opportunity. In these evil days, don't act thoughtlessly, but understand what the Lord wants you to do. God wants all of us in this season, regardless of what stage you are in life. Listen, you may be single, you may be married, maybe you have a small family, maybe you're single again, maybe you're an empty nester, but regardless of what se- stage or season or circumstances you may be in, As far as your life is concerned, listen, as long as you got a pulse, you got a purpose. God wants you to continue to fulfill that purpose in order to make an impact on the people around you. Well, right now, in this season that we are in, we are on the verge of closing. 2020, this calendar year. We are now right here at the beginning of November with Thanksgiving around the corner and a a time when we are to honestly get with friends and family and to reflect upon God's goodness and His blessings for what He has honestly done to get us through these difficult days. And what an opportunity we have right here in this season where many people are feeling alone, they're feeling down, depressed, they're fearful because of the uncertainties. You know, a lot of people unfortunately have been struggling with depression. Many have had suicidal thoughts, unfortunately. Not only have we experienced a pandemic known as the coronavirus, but you know what? There's been in many ways another form of pandemic that has happened when it comes to the mental and emotional impact that has been made on so many people's lives. Divorce rates are up. And because of that, many people are drowning in their sea of darkness and confusion and disappointment and hurt. And man, if there was ever a time, if there was ever an opportunity for us to make an impact, it's now. And so the question is, are you willing to use what you have? Are you, are you willing to, you know, to, 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 to do what you can to touch someone else's life with the hope that is found in Jesus Christ? You know, we, uh, we have three things that we have really challenged our people to commit to this year. And I'm going to give you the same challenge. And if those of you who are watching this, who call Rethink Life your church home, I'm going to say these three things again until the cows come home, okay? Because this is so vitally important. Because, you know, we have a theme here at Rethink Life, and here's what it, here's what it says. It says, let's do great things together. Now, why is that so important? Because we are better together. You see, our church is not built on the talents of a few. No, our church the effectiveness of our church is built on the sacrifices of many. And the only way that we can do great things together as a body of believers, as a local church to make the kind of eternal impact that God wants us to make is we've got to do three things. And we got to, first of all, we got to engage in other words, we can't just sit on the sidelines. We can't be like the, you know, the priest and the, the temple assistant, the Levite, and just see opportunity after, after opportunity and say, well, that's great. You know, that's wonderful that other people are doing something about that. No, God wants us to get engaged. God wants us to stop what we're doing. It doesn't matter how inconvenient, how uncomfortable. Listen, God wants us to get comfortably uncomfortable, do what doesn't come normal or natural so that we can grow in the process when we get engaged. Because listen to me, when we engage spiritually, God begins to work in us and through us. In other words, we get to experience the joy and the benefit of watching God work within us that overflows into the lives of other people. So I wanna challenge you to engage, keep watching, keep experiencing church online, come see us in person. At the end of the day, get out of the stands and get onto the playing field, okay? Let's not be spectators, let's be participants. We have to engage in the process if we're gonna do great things together. But I also want to challenge you in this season. I want to challenge you to engage with us financially. And here's the reason why. Because we've been doing this for many, many years. We're having our annual Christmas offering. And between now and the end of the year, we're going to have the opportunity to receive above and beyond our regular giving so that we can make an even greater impact. And here's what we're going to do with that Christmas offering this year. 50% of that offering is not only going to be sown and invested into our future because it is our vision to secure land in the coming year. But not only that, we're also going to take that other 50%, 50% and here's what we're going to do with that Christmas offering. We're going to use it to impact our community with the hope that's found in Jesus Christ. There are bikes and Bibles outreach through the ways that we're going to be able to bless other people who otherwise would not be able to even have or experience a Christmas this year. So it's an opportunity for us as a church to be the church, but we got to be engaged. So I wanna challenge you to engage, why? Because when you are engaged, it changes your perspective. But I also wanna challenge you to grow. Because you see, if you don't engage, you'll never have the opportunity to grow and develop and mature and become all that God wants you to be. One of the ways that you can grow is to be willing to step outside of your comfort zone. In other words, get comfortably uncomfortable, put yourself out there And I wanna challenge you to lead a life group in our next season in January. Because in December, here's what we're gonna do. We're gonna help come alongside, we're gonna teach you, we're gonna train you, we're gonna equip you and set you up for success. So come January in 2021, listen, we together are gonna grow and we're gonna experience everything that God has for us. But not only do we want to engage and grow, we also want to serve. So we're doing something between now and the end of the year that we're excited about. Listen, we have Christmas services. We have our outreach opportunities. And the only way that we can make a greater impact is if we're willing to serve. Listen, God didn't come into the world so that people could serve him. Now, Jesus said, I've come so that I may serve others and give my life as a ransom for many. You see, God wants us to be servant leaders. That's our identity. It's who we are. And the best way to serve God is by serving others. I like to say it this way. Listen, if you are not serving, you are swerving. You're missing opportunities that God has placed in front of you. So today, I want to challenge you to click on um, our digital worship guide and I wanna challenge you to begin the process of joining one of our dream teams. Listen, we wanna connect with you, we wanna help you. Listen, you can text the number on the screen. Listen, just say, I want to connect. Type that in the chat. Listen, because we want to do everything we can to come alongside you, why? So that you can help others have an impact, the kind of impact that God wants you to have on their lives. When you think about it, God became uncomfortable when He gave His one and only Son, Jesus Christ. In other words, God became comfortably uncomfortable. You see, God gave His one and only Son, Jesus, to come into an uncomfortable world, to live an uncomfortable life, to die an uncomfortable death on a cross, Why? So that we could experience the eternal comfort in heaven. So when you think about the opportunity that God has given us, listen, we have the hope and we have the life that is found in Jesus Christ, that God wants us to share with those around us. So here's what we got to do is we've got to be like that good Samaritan. and We got to engage in the process. We gotta step outside of our comfort zone, get comfortably uncomfortable, and hey, we gotta use what we have so that we can make an even greater impact on the lives of those around us. Would you join me in a word of prayer? And as our heads are bowed and our eyes are closed for just a moment, hey, I just want to just say, maybe you're a follower of Jesus, you have a relationship with Jesus, but maybe you have drifted in your spiritual life Maybe you're not where you could be. Maybe you're not where you should be in your spiritual journey, or maybe in your relationship with God. And maybe this is a moment where you just need to pause and just, you just need to once again, maybe just reconnect with God. You need to ask God to once again use your life. Maybe you need to get back into reading your Bible. You need to start praying again. Maybe you just need to come back to church. You know, whatever it might be, you just need to rekindle the fire that maybe. You once had in your heart some of you maybe you're listening to this and maybe what's missing in your life is a relationship with Jesus Christ you know maybe you've tried religion maybe you've gone to church I've come to realize there's a lot of people who maybe checked out on church but haven't checked out on God and maybe in your heart of hearts maybe you're at that place where you're thinking man I I don't know if, if I have all the answers to all the stuff out there but I just know that there's something missing and what I need is a relationship with God That's the best place to start. And I want to invite you right where you are to pray this prayer in your heart. You can say something like this. Just say, dear God, I confess to you that I am a sinner and I turn from my sin. And today by faith, I invite you into my life to forgive me and to save me. Thank you, Jesus, for saving my soul. Now, if you happen to have prayed that prayer just then, hey, I just want you to know that you made life's greatest decision. Team, can you do me a favor? And can you just celebrate and rejoice with those right now that made life's greatest decision? Well, hey, do me a quick favor. Would you just simply uh, text these words, uh, I decided to that number there on the screen. You can also go um, to our digital worship guide and just click I decided. We have a little PDF, a free download that we wanna send to you that will help answer spiritual questions you have and get you started on the right path. Well, hey, we want you to know we love you. We're so honored that you've chosen to worship with us today. And until next week, hey, let's do great things together. in your life.